Welcome to Developing Leadership the Genuine Contact Way, where we're focusing on nourishing a culture of leadership by applying timeless principles of life to the art of leadership. In each episode, we'll be exploring one key principle. We share our own wisdom and insights and invite you to consider your own experiences in life and business so far, and how you want to further your leadership development with this theme. Our theme this week is all about capacity development. I'm Rachel Bolton, and I'm here with Birgit Williams. We want to dive in with a starting point of looking at capacity development. Let's begin thinking of it as developing the ability to increase what you access within yourself. This can be knowledge, experiences, emotional, mental, physical, and emotional consciousness. Capacity development is not a destination. It's an ongoing process throughout life and throughout our leadership. It takes courage to develop one's capacity as the expansion of capacity tends to require us to venture into the unknown. When we're engaged in leadership, we want to take something to its fullness, achieving more and more of its potential. In order to do so, it's critically necessary to develop our personal capacities to support the unfolding potential. Rachel, when you spoke about um, going into the unknown and taking something right through to its fullest potential, that, uh, re- that made me think of that is a place that many people are afraid to go. Um, there's a limit. They start to take something to towards its potential, and then they panic. They become fearful. So what we are inviting people into is to um, sit with the concepts about developing a personal capacity, and very specifically to use the fullest potential of yourself and the organization that you have some leadership in and to and to have that capacity to not be afraid when you're into the unknown i think that um leading into the unknown um i think is really helpful as we start thinking about capacity to think about times in your life uh maybe as a young person when you can look back and say, I expanded my capacity into the unknown before, because it's so comforting to, if you can draw on those experiences of what used to be unknown to you uh, as you move into new experiences, because some of those uncomfortable places in it can become familiar. For me, I think about uh, one of my hobbies is belly dancing and especially when I was first learning though it still happens to me all the time there are always these moments where I feel like I can't possibly do it I don't know how to get there this is really hard but I've learned over time that that is this edge of my unknown and that if I just keep at it I can develop the capacity to be able to do the new movement or to be able to remember that piece of choreography. And I'm sure most of us have uh, where we can remember that in a sport that we played or a hobby we've taken up. Uh, So it's great to take that personal thinking of what that experience is into this conversation and into your own ways of developing your capacity. 
my version of that is that moment that fear kicks in uh, and it's not debilitating fear although it feels like that for the moment and it's like i can because i have worked on my capacity i can sit there and or stand there and say okay this is, feels really scary and i can do this um, I acknowledge the fear. It's not that this would eliminate that moment, if that's um, one of your responses, but acknowledge it, say, I can do this, and off we go. And it might be some kind of an adventure, and off we go. Absolutely. So off we go looking at capacity development in a couple of different ways. We want to look at this from the four consciousnesses of the human being. The first one is about physical capacity development. To get started in increasing your capacity, start with simple steps. You're probably going to think about simple steps a lot as you think about capacity development. Begin with these simple steps and it will steadily grow your capacity. You'll be more expansive and able to support what you're working on in more expansive ways. As your capacity development increases, you'll find that you have increased the ability to build, grow, achieve, and take something that you want to accomplish to a more evolved configuration. Physical capacity, the easiest way to develop this one, I say easy, a little bit tongue in cheek, is to get yourself moving. Choose something that suits you, such as dance, yoga, tai chi, or any of the martial arts, and have a goal of getting yourself moving. At this point, having a goal of getting yourself moving is enough. Participating in moving your body will build your capacity to access your physical consciousness. As I'm sharing this tip about giving, getting moving, I'm and saying it like it's easy, a little bit tongue in cheek. What it, it brings to mind for me, uh, many years ago now, I decided, uh, along with my husband at the time, he really wanted to take up boxing, and we thought, wouldn't that be a fun thing to do together? Uh, because I could just go along for the workouts and not have to actually do that boxing thing, which was intimidating and scary for me. And I remember from the first workout being so sore that I felt like I couldn't even move. And that soreness continued because we worked out three or four times a week with these really vigorous workouts with these boxers who were training for actual, you know, professional and amateur boxing matches. And then one day about three months into it, I woke up and I realized that I didn't hurt anymore. And I didn't know that that was my goal. I had a goal of getting myself moving, but apparently I also had a goal of moving until it, the, the workout didn't hurt anymore. So I always think about that one when I think about my physical capacity development and what joy I had in that moment. And I'm going to give an example of the other extreme, which is the simple steps. Sometimes um, people who are, um, you know, especially like really feeling trapped with working with their computers and, and the exhaustion that unfolds, um, feel that there is no energy left to get themselves moving. I mean, some do head out to the gym or start at the gym in the morning. So let's look at getting yourself moving 
in even a simple, simple step. And um, one of those ways is um, to um, in your your space that your your office is in or in your in your home. Um, and remember when you were a child, you might have had a hula hoop that caused you to wiggle your hips in order to keep the hula hoop from falling to the floor. So it's like this simple, like, okay, I'll wiggle around in, in, in uh, clockwise circles. I'll do three of those and I'll wiggle in counterclockwise motion and I'll do three. I'm, of course, at this point in my life, not actually using the hoop. I don't think I could keep it up. But even that simple, simple get myself moving um, stimulates my access to my physical consciousness. So whether it's simple or a bigger goal, finding ways to get yourself moving is a great way to access and strengthen your capacity with your physical consciousness. Next up is the emotional consciousness. And this is really about emotional capacity. It starts in our recommendations today by making it a practice to pay attention to the emotions that you are experiencing and naming those emotions for yourself. Is it anger or is it resentment? Is it shame or is it guilt? Is it joy, happiness, or contentment? You can start then fine-tuning your awareness of what the emotion is. This is not about judging your emotions as good or bad. It's simply about acknowledging the emotions you're experiencing. You will increase your capacity to tap into your emotional consciousness simply by developing this awareness. Emotional capacity includes the ability to handle more than one emotion simultaneously, such as anger and joy. So noticing when you have more than one emotion, especially when they're very different, can be a very helpful way to increase your emotional capacity. In this, you reduce the likelihood of one emotion dominating your actions. What I find um, when I uh, pay attention to and name the emotion in, in the moment that it's happening, and, it, and we don't say I am angry, we say I feel angry, or I feel joy, I feel gratitude, I, you know, whatever all the emotions are, <clears throat> that in the act of naming it, there is a freeing up <clears throat> of energy. At least I experience it. it. It's like in that awareness, it's like, oh yeah, that's what's going on here. So now I've tapped into that consciousness and I have disciplined myself to do this without judging it as either good or bad. So that frees me up some more, kind of loosens not only my emotional capacity to be more accessible to me, it also feels like a loosening in my body as that is going on. And this last point that you made, Rachel, about noticing if you have more than one emotion simultaneously, is a particular capacity development that I have found extremely useful. I find that sometimes something's happening 
and I feel so angry that it's happening. I remember my husband having had a serious health uh, a challenge that happened in, in an instant, and I was so angry about it. And at the same time, I was so grateful that he was still alive. And then I had difficulty because I hadn't cultivated this capacity enough nor even been able to name that it was possible to have more than one emotion simultaneously. I kept attempting somehow to put them into sequential order and say, well, I can't really be angry because I'm grateful, but I'm really also feeling angry. And I'm, no, oh, no, no, I'm feeling grateful. And I was negating myself. And that took phenomenal, phenomenal energy out of me. And I, did, I was unable to calm down and to uh, really be in my emotional consciousness in a healthy way when I uh, was able to say, I'm having two emotions simultaneously. I am a whole person. I am having two simultaneously. Both are valid. It's okay. It's what I'm experiencing. I think um, as I'm listening to you talk about that all, I'm thinking about the such importance of really being able to name emotions. And I know that it's possible to search online for this like wheel of emotions that labels like, you know, under anger, there are, are different things. Under sadness, there are different things. And being able to really... Um, get very refined in how those feelings are feeling so that you can um, experience that freedom that you're talking about of being able to actually put a name to the thing that you're experiencing. So if, if you don't have lots of words for the, all of those different feelings, that can be a great place to dive into to start developing even more clarity. And as you're talking about this, um, this experience of having more than one emotion and how important it is to really be able to name them, it reminded me of a children's book that still has impact in our lives today. When my daughter was very young at school, they read a book called Double Dip Feelings. And its uh, subtitle is about stories to help children understand emotions. And one of the things I love about Double Dip Feelings is that it's such a gentle, fun, childlike way to describe the emotional intensity of having two different emotions at the same time, particularly in those highly emotionally charged situations like the one you're talking about. And to be able to just say like, mm, here I am, double dip feelings. I'm feeling angry and grateful. Uh, it, it's, it just, for me, is always this really freeing way of being able to notice that in a playful way instead of making it more serious on top of the more serious emotions I'm probably already feeling when I've got more than one happening at the same time. When you're saying more freeing, that to me means uh, freeing up some of that capacity with emotional consciousness and therefore being able to guide oneself to get through. Exactly. Yes. 
So that's ways of guiding yourself to get through those emotions, especially the big ones. And that brings us next to the next consciousness, which is about developing your capacity around um, the spiritual consciousness. Spiritual capacity is uh, an easy way to tap into this one, to develop this capacity is to get outside into nature for at least 15 minutes a day or to study something from nature, such as a plant in your office for those 15 minutes. This is a form of meditation. It's a meditative practice that's pretty easy to do, and it has this benefit of connecting you with something outside of you. As you increasingly connect with nature, your spiritual capacity will grow. You will increasingly be able to tap into your spiritual consciousness or your spiritual intelligence. I think it's so wonderful and it is so simple to tap into spiritual consciousness and develop your capacity by being in nature. Like, like how simple does it get to be um, with something that is outside of you, that is in the natural realm um, and, um, and you're growing your capacity almost effortlessly. And if you're a longtime listener of our podcast, you might sense a theme because we recommend this getting outside into nature for so many different reasons. It really is one of these like multi-benefit activities that you can do uh, that's relatively easy to access, whether it's getting yourself into nature simply in a local neighborhood park or getting out to something that's bigger. There's lots of opportunities there that, um, that really have lots of benefit. You can also, as we said, do it in a simple way with a, a plant or some other kind of natural element uh, in your office or in your home. One of my favorites uh, is making sure that I can really have that view of fresh flowers to connect with. Um, I actually spoil myself and keep them all over my apartment. So it's easy to tap into this one uh, to remind myself of the beauty of nature and the connection with nature in, in a really simple way without having to generally go anywhere. There are a couple of um, keys to this particular one. You're right, Rachel. We recommend going out into nature or being in touch with nature um, in many, many of our um, themes that we discuss. And each time one is going out with a specific purpose. So you know, one brings to one's awareness, I am increasing my spiritual capacity. I'm tapping into my uh, spiritual consciousness as part of my leadership capacity, as part of developing myself, and then go out or, or touch base with nature with that frame in mind. So you're actually developing a greater and greater awareness by having the frame set before you take the excursion. Excellent reminder. The last of the um, aspects of the human being that we want to look at for this capacity development is our mental capacity. This one is about developing curiosity, following up on what you're curious about. 
This may take you into books, museums, conversations, or other processes of discovery. I know that we um, in our home have lots of these curious moments that Google can often even just give us a quick answer to, but of course it's also great to follow it into these much deeper levels through all of these other aspects. Choosing to follow your curiosity every day, following through on it, you will increasingly be able to tap into your mental consciousness or your intelligence, your mental intelligence. I actually think of the word wonder going along with curiosity. To have that childlike wonder to be curious. We were all quite curious as children. It is in there, it is in each of us. And what a wonderful way to open that door into our mental consciousness and actually have it as a leadership development, a leadership capacity development to follow your curiosity. And um, you can um, use your imagination and, um, you know, you can might maybe start with something through a search engine, as Rachel says, and say, now, what else am I going to notice about this? What, how, where else can I go to satisfy my curiosity about this and take yourself on an adventure? It reminds me of the children's books we had when we were little that answered all sorts of why questions, like why is the sky blue? Uh, and, and how to foster that same level of curiosity for ourselves as adults and to really open into curiosity in all the aspects of our lives and how that capacity then can transfer into ourselves as leaders, getting curious about what's happening inside our organizations. <laughs> that um, it is the same and maybe Rachel you have a different opinion but it, I'm not thinking about you know reading a newspaper article and, and reading um, different um, types of newspapers to be curious about uh, completely you know, some, you know, something that is um, flashing at you from the media I am referring with curiosity to something that you go and explore and it feels different to me than only gathering say different newspapers to uh, follow a thread a bit more this is deeper it's more robust it takes you further um, I think you're right. I think like the idea of curiosity is not simply satisfied, or at least it's not for me by like, well, I read this thing and therefore I have an answer. I, I think that gives us one kind of answer. It satisfies one piece of curiosity, but part of that capacity development and following our curiosity is thinking about, um, like all the different ways that we can satisfy that curiosity and a story that comes to mind for me, it's a, a, a childhood story. A couple of years ago, as every child does, I think, uh, I don't remember what grade it was, grade four or grade five, my daughter was studying ancient Egyptian history. And they started that by uh, first doing some research on the internet. What could they find out about? They had some other things to read, some videos to watch, but then also um, she did a project um, that was a little bit, um, because she was curious and because we practiced this curiosity in our home, she came home and she had researched how mummification happens. And of course she was 
you know, in probably think grade four. So she's like nine years old. We're obviously not going to like actually mummify something, but we went and we bought some linen gauze strips and she like made a mummy out of a old Barbie doll so that she could understand that practice on a little bit of a different way. And then we have the benefit of a local museum that has a really exceptional ancient Egyptian exhibit. It's one of their permanent exhibits in their collection. And so we made a day and we went to the museum and we could look at real artifacts and we could get a, a different sense of hearing some stories and, and, and seeing some things. So that curiosity had lots of opportunities to make meaning of the things that she was understanding far beyond what reading something about ancient Egyptians in a textbook might have offered. So what we're describing is a curiosity that also has some playfulness with it. It ends up with some joy with it. it, it it's, it's a real seeking. It's, it's, I'm so curious about that. I remember uh, I live in North Carolina and in the United States, and there's a mountain called Mount Mitchell, quite tall. And it was a rather cool day, and Ward and I went to the top of this mountain. And at the time, there was a lookout tower at the top. So we climbed the lookout tower, and we were thinking, ooh, we're not dressed for how cold it is up here. But nevertheless, we were curious. So we stood on the deck, and we looked out. And then we noticed mist, and then we noticed mist um, coalescing with each other. And then we stood there, and we laughed together. Now we are older adults but laughed and laughed and said we now know where clouds get formed and it's <laughs> it's, playful. it's it's a curiosity and we do tap more and more into our mental consciousness with that playfulness with that curiosity rather than with something that is rigid I think this playfulness is so important because it also paints the picture of like staying youthful in your mental capacity and not having to like be the stuffy, well-presented grown-up somehow in what that curiosity looks like and really being expansive in it in the same ways that we can be expansive in all of these consciousnesses. Thank goodness. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't be stuffy, well-presented. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> so we're coming to the end of our conversation about how we can attend to our capacity development. We've offered you some really simple tips for strengthening your capacity physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. Birgit, is there anything that you would say in conclusion before we sign off for today? I think it's important to undertake um, the whole subject of capacity development as an adventure. Loosen up, loosen yourself up and say, hey, this is the adventure I'm choosing my, for myself. I'm uh, establishing and expanding my capacity and my leadership capacity while I'm at it. I think that while you're taking that whole thing um, in that way and that you're expanding your capacity, it's also important to do these things in a balanced way. 
to spend some time attending to that physical capacity, some time on the mental, some time on the emotional, on the spiritual, and not just focusing on like, this is the time where I'm going to become my physically best self at the expense of the others. So making sure that these things stay in balance as you grow your capacity so that it stays um, in, in very good health and balance inside of yourself as a whole being. That brings us to the end for today. Thank you everyone for joining us. Be sure to check out the next episode. And before you go, subscribe to our channel so that you can get all of our new episodes right to your inbox.